It's amazing how much this program and the people and the coaches that are involved have affected me. This is where Oshkosh Volleyball stories and ideas live. Welcome to Outside the Pins. Thank you for being here. Happy to be here. Uh, we're excited. This uh, whole series of um, players that have come to the end of their career uh, on the court is about identifying maybe big rock items um, that that are impactful, that have been impactful for you, for us, um, for a program, uh, not only over the journey, um, the amount of time that you were here, but also sort of the impact that you will leave as we, as we move forward. And so uh, we've got a list of questions that we've prepped Ms. Becky for. Uh, we're going to go through those, uh, but some of them uh, we might just go off script. And uh, so that's where the adventure begins. So we're excited. We're going to start with an easy one, I think. Um, why did you choose UWO? Yeah, so I toured a lot of different schools. Um, coming to UWO, I got an offer to be in the Honors College. Um, so I had a little bit of a different tour than um, normal the normal ones. So we came in and it was a full day thing. Um, I came in, the campus was absolutely beautiful. Um, I got to explore um, different professors with, like I got to meet a lot of the professors in all the majors that I was considering, which was super cool. Um, So, and I really liked talking to a lot of them. I met um, a lot of the the Dean of the Honors College and I got to meet a lot of students. Um, So that was super cool. I loved the atmosphere. I liked the fact that UWO has a larger student population, but it's still a pretty small campus. Um, And I tend to get lost pretty easily. So (laughs) um, I was pretty grateful for that. Um, And then coming in and meeting Coach John and hearing more about the volleyball program, um, I just knew that this was more where I wanted to be, seeing golf and um, seeing the campus and just everything. It's just a great feel. It's a great atmosphere here. So you're a smart kiddo and were throughout your high school career, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so having an opportunity to, to take a tour via the Honor Co- Honors College is pretty special, right? So mm-hmm. uh, what is what is the Honors College? If you have to describe that to somebody who has no idea. So the Honors College is, it's a completely separate college, like the College of Education, College of um, Human Services, College of Letters and Science. So technically, like when I graduate, I will graduate not only from the College of Education and Human Services, but also from the Honors College. So coursework wise, it adjusts what you have to do a little bit. Um, You have to take a few honors classes, but it's not any extra work. So it basically just subs a few of those classes for some of your other generals. Um, Looks really good on a resume. Um, And it um, also helps you build a lot of skills. So they're much more like kind of, I don't know how to say this. They're very like seminar oriented. So you're a lot more involved in their smaller groups. So it's pretty cool. You get to know people in that college pretty quickly. Um, And it's, it also helps with being an athlete and um, getting to know your professors a little more and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's a really cool opportunity. Um, And then your senior year, you can either do like some, like a thesis. So you'll do a full project or you'll do like a last seminar where you'll do sort of a thesis-ish project. So, yeah. yeah. So very immersive. Yes. Hands-on, smaller group size. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. And that ceremony is fun. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not like the, you know, I don't know how many, you know, thousand people (laughs) people graduating on, uh, on graduating commencement Saturday. 
uh, your, the honors college graduation is a Friday night, mm-hmm. small, intimate at the mm-hmm. Culver Center, and we get to get rowdy when your name is called. <laughs> you know, um, so it's a super fun thing. It, it, it is an honor to be in the honors college, and so um, in there, um, in that journey, let's talk specifically about. Um, I just dropped my pen. Let's talk specifically. Let's talk specifically about uh, the volleyball journey, right? And so you have an uncommon path um, into our program uh, and um, explain that from your perspective and family perspective. Yeah. So um, my recruiting process was a little bit different than most. Um, I started talking to schools back my 16th club year. So sophomore year of high school or whatever, I was talking to a lot of different schools, started realizing kind of towards the end of my junior year, how I needed to narrow it down. Um, And I kind of to narrow it down, I kind of decided the area I wanted to be in. So I knew that I probably shouldn't go to school. I'm from Minnesota, by the way, Um, a suburb, like 20 minutes. What's the name of the town? Savage. Savage, Minnesota, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Yep. So it's about 20 minutes south of the Twin Cities. And I did have a lot of schools I was talking to in the cities, but I knew that to kind of gain some independence and stuff, I wanted to be a little bit further from home just because I didn't want to be relying on going home all the time and relying on my parents as much as I had in the past. Um, But I also knew I didn't want to be far enough where I could never go home for a weekend or like have to fly home or worry about any of that. So I knew that the Wisconsin schools had pretty strong volleyball programs, pretty strong academic programs, and they were a good distance from home. So um, just far enough that like I can't go home all the time, but like also it's not like I never go home. So I narrowed it down to looking within Wisconsin. So at that point, um, I reached out to the schools that I was looking at that hadn't reached out to me so far um, and toured all of them. I can't even remember how many I toured. It was a very long road trip. <laughs> but um, yeah, I went around and kind of picked the ones I liked the best. And kind of like I talked about before with UWO, um, something just kind of like felt right about that school. I loved the campus. It sounds really cheesy, but you just kind of had like a feeling of like belonging when you stepped on this campus. And UWO actually was not one of the schools that gave me an offer. So that kind of made it a hard choice because I was like, you know, I I know that I love volleyball. Like I know that that's something I want to do, but like also the school that I liked the best didn't offer me a spot. So I was like, it was a very hard decision, but um, at the end, I decided like it was something I wanted to work for and I wanted to be on this team if I could. So I worked my butt off that entire summer. I was in the gym a lot, um, came in and tried out for a spot on the team and did end up making it. So Yeah. And the, and the tryout spot is not an open situation, you know, no. to clarify. So it's not like anybody that walks in the door is, is able to try out. And so um, don't undersell your ability um, or, or how well you this is a horrible term, but like showed as a volleyball player. Mm-hmm. Right. And so to be able to walk in the door and have an opportunity to play is, is, is a big deal for us. We treat offers and even tryout opportunities like scholarship, you know, situations. So it's, um, it's not an open door. We don't have a JV. This is, if you want to be on a roster of somewhere between 18 and 22, um, you're in a, in a select group there. Um, but with that said, it is still uncommon to make a team through a trial process. You know, I can think over the last four years that you were involved in the program, I think maybe three, maybe four players total Mm -hmm. uh, made a team through that, through that process. Some years we don't even have players trying out. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah. And then to not only come in as a trial player, but then to play, um, Mm -hmm. and contribute for four seasons, um, equally 
as uncommon, mm -hmm. which is pretty, pretty cool. So that uh, if, and we're maybe get to it later. And so I won't, you know, um, jump ahead, but I can say surely um, drive work ethic determination, um, three characteristics that just pop in to the forefront here when we're, when we're talking about Ms. Becky. Mm -hmm. So um, with that, segue let's pop right into this um goofy sometimes uh serious uh storytelling type award that we give you at the end of the year so um, we give uh, an award to every player sometimes it's um about a, a funny moment that happens um some years they're a little bit more profound um this year for more players than not um, we decided to talk about something that was a little bit more profound than than just a fun story and so can you explain what uh, your award was and why you think you received it. Yeah. So um, the award that I received was the Lionheart Award. Um, and if you think about that word just in general, it kind of means to be determined and to be courageous. Um, and that award meant a lot to me because I've always been somebody who believes in the value of hard work. Like I'm very determined. I'm very dedicated to anything that I'm doing, not just volleyball, but school, work, anything. Um, and I'm always willing to put in the extra work. Um, I also really believe in the value of being a supportive teammate, being there for your teammates, being able to advocate for your teammates. So getting this award just kind of, for me, like made me feel like that was noticed and acknowledged. So it's super cool. Yeah. 100%. I can, I can go back in, in time to multiple conversations, um, through your, um, evolutionary path where the sure consistent theme or thread was always just that hard work, determination, drive, you know, like um, regardless of what your worldview uh, was or how that's changed, like that was always there. Um, even like you know, going back and playing in your college camps in the summer, you know, like taking pride in doing more than what other people were doing. Um, I'm sure it's the same academically, you know, like it's uh, it's been really, really fun and rewarding to watch somebody just friggin' get after it um, in multiple areas of their life. Um, so I'm sure that's not going to stop. You're not going to wake up one day and be like, no, I think I'm just going to be lazy for the rest of my life. You know, that's not a thing with Ms. Becky. So um, pretty, pretty awesome and a, and a really special thing to celebrate. Um, mentioned the word evolution. So um, you've been here through a crazy time, you know, um, like historically, I don't know that anybody will go on a, on a path that's quite as wild as, as what um, your class did and what you did. And so um, obviously there's some challenges, um, societally and, and with this whole, um, virus thing, um, which we care not to mention in this moment, <laughs> um, that, that created some challenges and is a story in it's in, within itself. But even with, without that, we'd like to think that we're trying to make some positive change as we move forward in time, right. Mm -hmm. As people, as a program, um, as players. So, um, can you explain from a player perspective, um, maybe some evolutionary components of your experience here? So I think this program has changed a lot since I came in as a freshman. Um, the program is much more united than it was originally. And I think a lot of that is due to sticking to values. Um, we have had values since I came in, but they've become much more of a focus point, I think, within the last few years. And we've been doing a lot more things off the court related to those values in the last few years that I think really helped bring the team together and um, just make the program better as a whole. Um the other thing with that is too like there's a lot less like separation between I think like classes and upper fresh upper classmen and um, lower classmen than there was when I came in, which is really cool to see. Like some of the freshmen on the team were my best friends, some of the sophomores, juniors. It didn't matter how old you were, and that comes into play too with like leadership pieces. Um, I think coming in like it was 
a main few people that were talking in huddles and doing that kind of stuff. And I think by the end of my time here, like everybody genuinely listened to what everybody had to say, regardless of who they were, their role on the team. Um, everybody had to say, which was really cool to see. Awesome. And you mentioned like, just to go, let's like zoom in to the huddle, mm-hmm. right? Cause I think, um, it's so many different, um, people in, in a lot of different sports have had that experience. And mm-hmm. so we are talking about leadership. You're talking about a team, um, how they operate. I think it's really fun to kind of zoom in there and, and know what that's like. I think a lot of people sit in the stands or you watch other teams play and you're like, I wonder what they're talking about. You know, mm-hmm. there's like this, um, sort of inquisitive nature about what happens in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we care about our own values and we understand who we are as people, I think the biggest part of that whole equation is really spending time to figure out who you are and what makes you tick, um, not as a volleyball player, but as a person. Uh, and then if we're all doing that and we can all understand that we all have this equal value as a human, that's not tied to our role per se, um, or age, right. That's mm-hmm. kind of a big deal. So can you, I don't want to spoon feed anything. Cause I have an, I have a, <laughs> I have a, you know, a, a, obviously an opinion. Um, but from a, a player perspective, how would you explain how, or if, how much you say in those moments, you know, like if you're by nature, somebody who's more talkative, mm-hmm. um, relates to somebody who maybe by nature isn't as, as talkative, you know? And so how do you as a player sort through, okay, I'm hearing all these words, um, uh, from this person, I'm not hearing as many words from that person. How does that relate to how you view maybe leadership or does it at all? Yeah. So I think that it's just as important when you're in huddles to be listening as it is to be talking, um, if not more important. I think that even when people aren't saying anything, like I think this team does a really, really good job of like genuinely taking in everything that everybody has to say. And you can see it too. Like you can see when people are engaged, you can see when people are really taking the things that people are saying into account on the court as well as in the huddle. Um, What you say in those moments, it really like, it comes from the heart, I guess. And um, I think you can say as much or as little. There's really no, like, you need to say this amount. You need to say this amount as long as you are genuinely, like, taking into account what everybody else has to say as well. And I think um, it's really cool, too, because this program, we our coaches have a say in our huddles. They talk for a little bit. Um, and then it's also opened up to the players, which is cool to see because some teams, you know, it's coach the whole time. Nobody else really gets a say, but that's, it's cool to hear from your teammates and it kind of, it makes you like have that drive to, to work for them as well. If that makes sense. Makes a ton of sense. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we're blessed in the sense that we have people that care about, um, mm-hmm. understanding, uh, everything from tactics to motivation to mm-hmm. each other, uh, which makes those moments more, uh, I don't know, meaningful, um, impactful, helpful. Um, so outcome act is dictated by, you know, in part by what's said by our players. And so if you don't know each other, if you don't know what we're supposed to be doing on a volleyball court, you don't know anything about your opponent, probably not gonna be a lot of value there. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I think one of the things that was really neat to see that, um, not every team has that I hope, um, every team strives for, and we'll surely work to carry that forward is to understand that some people that talk the most by nature, just talk a lot you know? And so you have to understand that that's just what they do. Yeah. And so you don't have to hang on every word, Mm -hmm. but you do have to listen and kind of um, take in um, that noise, but just know that they also need to talk for them to be Mm -hmm. the best version of themselves. Uh, But the person who tends to not talk a lot 
always hears the person that talks and says like, oh, I need to be that. Or a lot of times they think that early in their career, whether that be, you know, eighth grade or high school or college or whatever. And so to get to the point where you're like, no, I don't need to be that. Like Mm -hmm. I'm the quiet person, but man, when I say something, it's going to like, it's going to punch people in the mouth with impact, (laughs) you know, that's pretty cool. And I think you, you fall on the, maybe that side of the spectrum a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, like you are super high IQ understand a lot of things your gears are always turning at like hyperspeed um and when you say something people are like oh dang (laughs) becky talked you know um and you're not like quiet by any means Mm. you know especially now as a coach for crying out loud (laughs) you know which is super super cool and so now me selfishly would love to be the fly on the wall in your huddles listening to how becky's (laughs) communicating uh, with her team i think that would be super super fun and so um uh, you mentioned before we got going here but Talk to us a little bit now about what that transition has been like from being in the huddle talking, mm-hmm. you know, as a player to now leading that huddle as a coach. Yeah. So um, kind of going back to what you said about like being the quiet one. When I came in as a freshman, I would not say a word in the huddles. I yeah. was very quiet. I was very shy. Um, not that I like I would talk on the court and that kind of stuff, but it was I was never somebody who was like that vocal leader. But Um, I developed a sense of confidence throughout my time here. And like by my senior year, I was someone who was very comfortable talking with my team and um, being one of the leaders in the huddles and then transitioning into a coaching standpoint. I mean, I'm glad that that happened because obviously like I like to do kind of what we did with UWI. I I like to let our our players talk first and they can kind of say their piece. And then that's when I'll jump in, kind of say my piece. Um, coaching style wise, I definitely have taken a lot of things from every coach that I've had in my 12 years of playing. And, um, I've taken things I liked from each one and I've, um, left out things I didn't like. So when it comes to huddles and stuff, I'm a pretty direct coach. I will tell them how it is. Um, but also at the same time, I think one of the most important pieces for me as a player was always just knowing that my coaches believed in me. So that's something that I love to make very clear. Every single huddle we have is like, I have all the confidence in the world in the girls that I coach. And that's definitely something, even when things aren't going well, like I'll be direct with them, but also make sure they know like I'm being direct because I know that they are better than that. And I believe in them. So it's awesome. I'd play for Becky. <laughs> so if you ever need like a master's, uh, I don't know, like, you know, 40 plus uh, club team, you okay. know, um, I'll sign up. Sounds I'll good. I'll totally sign up. <laughs> I'll be on the other end of that. That's awesome. So some of the things we've talked about um, have been kind of um, program evolution based mm-hmm. um, and how you've, you know, gone from player to coach. Uh, any just personal thoughts on how you Uh, as a human have evolved from maybe coming in as an incoming freshman to now where you're at, you know, um, post post playing career outside of your willingness to talk more in a huddle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's amazing how much this program and the people and the coaches that are involved have affected me. Um, I would not be the person that I am right now without them. Um, I kind of touched on it a little bit, but I would say like the, the biggest change in me is just like a sense of confidence and just like a strength that I don't think I had coming in. I was, again, pretty quiet, like didn't feel like I had much of a voice. But I think by the time I finished this program, I developed a voice and I was always willing to stand up for myself and for other people in a way that I never was before. And then there's also just the little things, you know, like 
there's skills and stuff you develop through being a player. Like you learn how to persevere through situations. You learn how to like be grateful and want to grow through difficult situations and um, just like little skills. Oops, sorry. (laughs) But yeah, like I've become a much better team player and much better at time management and all those things that are going to carry with me into the real world. So awesome. if you had to pick one thing, you know, um, this could be academic, athletic, anything about your collegiate um, time so far, you know, when you look, look back and you're like a professional, you know, doing what you're doing, is there one thing that stands out as like, Oshkosh gave me this, this wasn't on the question list. I'm going to say two things. So I would say, honestly, the most important thing is just the relationships that I've built with my coaches and teammates throughout the past four years. Um, I'm going to treasure those. I'm going to have those going into my future for the rest of my life. Um, The other thing would just be definitely that sense of confidence that I did not have before. So um, that's confidence as a player. That's confidence that I brought with me as a coach. That's confidence in the classroom. Um, But just definitely knowing like when I'm working hard and when I'm doing those things, like it's going to pay off and just believing in myself. That's that's awesome. And and this is a really hard thing to quantify. And again, didn't, didn't, you know, give this one to you ahead of time, but like, can we dive into confidence for just a second? Um, It's a, a feeling uh, on, on some level that everybody understands. So maybe we can't identify it, and that's what we're going to try to do here. Uh, but like I walked into this situation, we surely know what it feels like to have insecurities and feel mm-hmm. the lack thereof. Uh, we've all had a moment where we feel just on top of the world and in some space where that we, maybe we didn't in the past, but now in this moment, I'm like f- crushed it. Mm-hmm. You know, you just feel like walking tall, shoulders back, chin up, confident. And uh, can you, you know, really put your finger on something that has been the foundational component of that confidence, you know, so whether it's academic, social, volleyball, whatever it might be, like, mm-hmm. what are the, the under, what underpins that for you? I don't know if this is necessarily going to be the answer you're looking for, but for me, a big source of confidence is just knowing that I'm trusted and that people believe in me and that people want me to succeed. So that can kind of that can apply to volleyball, that can apply to the classroom, that can apply to the workplace. But um, definitely just like especially that was definitely evolved throughout my time here. And I think by the end of my time with the program specifically, um, I just I knew that my teammates, my coaches had that trust in me. And um, same with school, like it's hard when you have a professor that you don't feel like cares about their students, which will happen on occasion. <laughs> I think there's maybe a conversation or two about that. <laughs> but um, definitely just like, I'm going to take that with me as a teacher too. I'm a future teacher, by the way. But um, I think just like wanting my students to succeed and knowing that like, that's what I do with my girls that I coach too, is I like want the people I'm coaching or teaching to like know that I want them to succeed and know that I believe in them. So that's what I would say is kind of for me specifically is just like the trust and the belief, even like not that confidence should ever have to come from other people, but that's just a huge part of it for me personally. So that's huge. And that's, you already asked the follow-up question. If you had to pick something that was just internal and not reliant on others, um, this is a symbiotic world. So everything is interconnected, you know? And (laughs) so, but um, in theory, if every, nobody in the world trusted you, could you still find confidence? That's a horrible way to think about life. Isn't it? That's just a sad thought. Um, but let's just say in theory, hypothetically, that was the case. Um, we would hope that there's still a way, mm-hmm. right? And so is there anything that you 
process or think about internally, regardless of um, the outside world that helps maybe remind yourself mm -hmm. that, yeah, you are capable of doing great things? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to bring it back to the trust piece because trust doesn't just come from other people. It comes from trusting yourself too. So I think from a volleyball standpoint, that's trusting your training, trusting your ability, um, knowing that like you've put in the work to get to where you are, knowing that you have the skills and the ability to do well. And that's kind of the same thing with school too, you know, like you're going to take a test. Just confidence is going to come from knowing that you did everything you could. You studied hard for that test. You trust yourself to do well and know the answers. Um, so yeah, that makes sense. It's amazing. <laughs> now I'm, I'm, um, rethinking the Lionheart award and trying to figure out a, a award that would just be trust-based, you know, <laughs> trust yourself, um, accept trust from others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huge. Well, thank you for that. That was, um, that was a deep dive, um, unscripted. <laughs> so you already, you mentioned the confidence piece. So I'm going to, mm -hmm. um, kind of just move into the leadership journey real quick. And you've kind of touched on a lot of different parts of that, you know, mm -hmm. but can you bring it together, you know, about like, um, you mentioned you're quiet, you know, quiet, more quiet as an incoming freshman, kind of mm -hmm. like mouse esque, um, <laughs> and then way more confident, and willing to, you know, speak your mind as mm -hmm. a as a really confident senior, um, in not only team settings but outside of that as well, social mm -hmm. settings. So, um, if you had to describe your leadership journey from incoming till now, um, and it's obviously still a work in progress, mm -hmm. um, how would you do so? Yeah. So coming in, I hadn't had great experiences with leadership in the past. And in my mind, you know, I'm always thinking a leader has to be somebody who's yelling and loud and telling everybody what to do. And it's got to be somebody who's like a captain or something like that. But my view that definitely changed a lot since I've been here. So I kind of learned that just how important all types of leaders are. So there's kind of like the lead by example, the person who's always doing like what they're supposed to be doing when they're supposed to be doing it not just on the court, but off the court as well. Um, there's leaders who lead by just really genuinely forming relationships with all of their teammates. And usually that's somebody that people look up to as well. Um, leaders are also people who are willing to handle confrontation, even if that's not in a big team setting and they're not being that loud person, but um, someone who's willing to handle the hard conversations and do those kind of things. So I think from a personal leadership standpoint, I think I've always kind of been the more lead by example type. Um, but I carried that with me, I feel like throughout my four years, but I think I also kind of developed every little piece of leadership and kind of became a little bit of everything um, by the end of my journey here. So, you know, I was somebody who would form relationships with my teammates. Um, I was somebody who, um, would talk in huddles. I was somebody who um, was willing to have hard conversations, um, willing to enforce the little things, just all of that kind of put together. So I think it's kind of interesting to see. I think everybody does have a little bit of every single one, but it's interesting to see how you kind of develop every little piece of that throughout your journey. If that, I need to stop saying if that makes sense. <laughs> it does make sense. <laughs> And uh, I'm also guilty. My daughter, uh, who just graduated from high school yesterday, uh, oh. congrats, Molly. Yeah, congrats, Molly. <laughs> um, she started to say that at mm -hmm. some point. And uh, we would be like, yes, you're speaking English. It does make <laughs> sense. The concept that you're talking about is not complex. It would be like, you know, sometimes I just feel like I want uh, less milk in my cereal. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It was pretty, pretty straightforward. 
Um, and so I started doing that, like coaching camps and start going, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? And as soon as I say it, I'm like, oh, I'm such an idiot. I got to stop <laughs> saying that. But as soon as you start trying to change the way that you talk when you're talking, you can't even think. It's no. like trying to think about the game when you're trying to play. Yeah. You're like, what are my arms doing when I'm passing? You're like, this is not going to go well. It's going to be ugly, you know? And so, yeah, when you, especially like the word like, which has now become almost uh, the norm culturally. Yeah. If you try not to say like, even when you say it, when you should, in, in like, um, I just did it. I like vegetables. You'll say it in the sentence. You're like, oh, I can't say like. I'm like, wait, no, it actually applied wait, there. Yeah. There. <laughs> so it's hard to distinguish. Anyway, um, we'll probably delete that whole segment, but um, uh, it's fun to talk about. So uh, I do have one big one uh, for you here in, in the serious list left. And uh, that would be, if you could give advice to the next generation of Titans, uh, what would that advice be? It would definitely just be to not take any part of this for granted. Um, I had the unique experience of being a part of the COVID year. So not only like being done now and like no longer being uh, an active part of this program, like it's hard. It's you miss it a lot. But um, that happening too, like really makes it makes you think you um you go from being in the gym every day and being around your teammates every day and lifting a few times a week to all of a sudden you're in bed on a Zoom call. And so it's like you really just never know what can happen. So trust me, there were plenty of days where I would get up and have no desire to walk into Coach Brown and go lift or no desire to come into a practice. But like, wait, what? (laughs) Just kidding. Once in a while. (laughs) Uh, But um. Yeah, there's definitely days where like you think you you don't want to be here, but I'd give anything to be back in those situations right now or during like the pandemic when I was sitting in my bed in Savage, Minnesota, like I would have given anything to come into the gym and practice or go in for a lift and be around my teammates like in person. So I would definitely say like just keeping in mind that every single time you're on that court, every single time you have the chance to better yourself, that you're doing that because you never know what can happen. I mean, hopefully something like the pandemic wouldn't happen again, but there's also like injuries and many people end up having to switch around things because of like majors and um, just like you only have a limited time here. So just being grateful for every moment. Yeah. uh, You touched on something there, like, um, like go hard in the gym, right? Like if you've got Mm -hmm. the opportunity and I I think uh, I draw from that maybe, um, more than I ever thought I would. There's this, uh, you know, hey, let's all have fun together and kumbaya and, and make it um, fun and happy. Uh, and then there's this other side of that equation, which would maybe be, uh, you know, to the wall, you know, mm-hmm. nonstop. Let's just grind it out, like mm-hmm. no fun, um, all result based, right? And then there's obviously the, the the middle road where it's can this be fun and enjoyable, and can you enjoy the space around you? But can you also work really hard towards a really high standard and common goal? Um, and so when you think about you know, not being able to do something, it really opens your eyes about like, Hey, I don't want to just do it. Like Mm -hmm. I want to be able to do it really well and work really, really hard at it. And so, uh, when you realize that something might be gone, um, yeah, it gives you some perspective and, uh, and a reminder about like, yeah, working hard at something to do something that's uncommon is surely a privilege and not a, not a right. Um, and, and we're, I hope we don't lose sight of that. I hope that's something that really, sticks with us for mm-hmm. um, many, many moons. Um, and so maybe our job is to gently remind each other of that uh, for sure. Like if I could write a note to myself 
you know, it's, it's those moments like, uh, when I had to get on the zoom call and be like, Hey, um, the night before our banquet, it shut down, you know, uh, Hey, uh, we thought we were going to have a fall, but we're not, here's the next plan. You know, it just, it was this never ending cycle of bad news. I felt like I was delivering to our team. And, um, when we finally got to do it, I still remember sitting in the gym, this is going to be sound super cheesy and I didn't share this with anybody <laughs> else, um, but we were in AB. Uh, it was our first pr- first time we were playing. We were in the gym doing stuff, but everybody was in return to play protocols and we're doing EKGs and the whole deal. It's like half of us were in the bleachers, seven of us were on a court, not even like four at some point. I think, yeah, because the first practice, there was like five or six of us that could actually play. That could actually, yeah, you were one that didn't get COVID right for a while. Or you yeah. got it early. No, you, I didn't get it until this past January. So, right. Yeah. yeah so you were on the court <laughs> and, uh, and we were actually playing six on six volleyball. And what was that Justin Bieber song that was like a little bit slower? Uh, it was like a, I don't know if it was like a love song. It was something kind of like um, melancholy vibe, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that song was playing and you guys are playing volleyball and it just like stopped coaching and had a moment, got super emotional, uh, which was me basically the entire pandemic. <laughs> I'd watch like a sappy movie and I'd start crying. Like, like, like this, yeah, some commercial that was 20 seconds. I'm like, oh, it's beautiful. And, uh, and uh, so now every time I hear that song, I remember that moment. I'm like, we're playing volleyball right now for the first time. And at that point it had been, I don't know, seven months or something like that. Crazy. Um, and it was just training. It was like practice of scrimmage and we were playing, probably playing like money ball or something. <laughs> so anyway, cool moment. Um, never going to take it for granted. going to write myself a note to remember those, those moments. Mm-hmm. So, um, quick hitters, you ready for this? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so these are going to be all over the board. I just wrote a couple things down. Um, one, this is really hard to do quickly and I've <laughs> stumped everybody with it, but if you could think back to just one, uh, of, any of the many funny moments that you remember in the program, like with your team, what are the, what, what's, what are some standout funny moments hmm. or a moment? Can I swear? 100%. Okay. <laughs> um, one that comes to my mind is, <laughs> so I remember we were in Colorado um, and we were driving on the highway. We had two different vans. Um, <laughs> so I was in the car with, coach will driving and we're sitting there and there's a car in front of us with a tube on top of it in front and, of our van oh yeah yeah and it <laughs> so it so, was it was tube our van car your van yep yeah anyway so tube goes flying off of the car and it hits first the van in front of us then it hits our van, and it. When I say it came straight for the windshield, it came straight for the windshield. So we could all <laughs> see this coming, and we're like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" It nails the windshield. Nothing happened, obviously. Like there was no bad thing that happened from this, so it was hilarious. But after it happened, because we all saw it coming, and we just kind of sat that we just stood there. After it hit, it was super loud. It just went going. We just sat there in silence for a solid, like, 20 seconds. Nobody said anything. And then all of a sudden, Kendall goes, well, we just hit that shit. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody just busted out laughing. And that was something I will never forget. And then two seconds later, we see a text in the group me from Coach Bray that says, anybody want to go to me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Coach Bray was up in our car, I think, right? Yeah, uh, that was um, I actually <laughs> forgot about that. As soon as you said vans in Colorado, I was like, this is where <laughs> this is heading. Um, so I was in the first I was driving the first van. Mm-hmm. And c- can I just tell you when we're driving those vans, like you guys are back there having fun doing your thing. All I'm thinking about is like, get this crew there safely. Mm-hmm. Like if anything happens, our whole team is in this van. So it's I'm, I'm always high stress. I'm always on high alert. And when that tube 
dislodged from the vehicle in front of us and started cruising down the highway, my brain could not comprehend what it was. It was a giant dark mass that was moving through the air directly at our van. Like it could have been a rowboat for all I know. And when we hit it and nothing happened, I was like, oh, okay, tube. And I, and I realized what's happening. I look in my rear view and like something out of a cartoon, right down the middle of my view in my rear view mirror, I see it plummeting towards your vehicle. <laughs> And directly in the middle of the windshield. And then I'm and still really they're like, are they going to drive off the road? Is it going to break their windshield? What's going to happen? Nothing. Total <laughs> moment of silence. No, same in our van. Nobody said anything. I think Bray's te- or group me text was the first uh, words that were typed or spoken in that moment. And uh, yeah, really good story afterwards. But I was seriously pooping my pants. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> we thought we were all going down. It was like the tube that almost ended our program. <laughs> it was wild. So Aww. drive safely, people out there. And strap down your friggin' tubes on your boats. Uh, that's my advice. All right. So thank you for that one. That was a good one. Really quick. Um, favorite trip you've ever been on in the program? Um, ew, it's a toss up between Colorado and California. Okay. Um, what did you like about Colorado? Colorado, I had just never been on a trip like that. I think every time I'd taken a vacation, I'd gone to like Florida. So it was just really, it was beautiful to see. And I love, I'm a very outdoorsy person. So I love hiking and I love that kind of stuff. So it was really cool. We um, hiked around Garden of the Gods. It was beautiful. Um, the We also went to the top of Pikes Peak, which was really cool. I'd never seen anything like that in my life. Um, so it was just a really pretty area. And then also it was a really just fun energy when we were playing for that tournament too um it was kind of funny because we were all like a lot more tired than normal because the altitude or whatever but (laughs) yeah it was um that was a really fun one um california um that was the first time i'd been to california as well um that was really really fun there was a lot to do there we kind of would make jokes just about how california really has it all because you know there's is the mountains there's also the beach um so it was just a really cool area and we also got to see kind of multiple parts of california while we were there too which was really cool and then again like volleyball was first tournament of the season it's always just kind of fun to um get together and play so good after it yeah Yeah. um speaking of mountains in california when we drove up parked (laughs) in some suburb uh suburban area to try to get this trail that went up to some you know, waterfall in the mountains. We park, we get all lotioned up and water bottles, backpacks. How far do we make it? Like two blocks to the road? We weren't even like on the trail yet. We were, we like just gotten off the road. And <laughs> some guy was like, yeah, it's closed. Fire, um, fire threat. And if you go up there, it's like 1200 bucks. We're going to find you or whatever. We're like, ah, let's not do that. And so we, we basically walked another hundred yards, got to a spot where we could fake some photos about being in the mountains <laughs> yep. and, then, uh, and then walk back to our vans and drove to the airport. Yeah. So those that didn't like being outside were like, sweet. We got some pics and uh, we're back in the AC vans. And uh, those of us that were hardcore hikers were crying a little bit, but no big (laughs) deal. So fun. Um, When you're not playing volleyball, um, when you are not coaching, uh, not uh, doing something academic, what are your hobbies? Um, I kind of mentioned it, but I really like being outside. So I love hiking. Um, I love like biking. Um, Not much of a runner. (laughs) um i like taking long walks (laughs) um and just like being outside going to see pretty areas going to the beach doing in the summer like boating that kind of stuff um 
definitely probably my favorite thing to do that's not volleyball and then kind of outdoor volleyball is kind of intertwined in that too um but yeah and then other than that i just like to hang out with my friends and do stuff there so awesome uh what are you listening to right now what music's on the playlist it's summer so in the summer you will not hear me listening to anything except country music so (laughs) uh it just doesn't feel right to listen to anything else so um lots country (laughs) i underestimate how many people on our team listen to country it's amazing all right um best movie of all time oh Ooh, asking the wrong person i first movie that comes to mind Period. First movie that comes to mind. What's what do you think about right now? Well, you movie. know, I just watched The Blind Side, and I do love that movie. Okay, so I'm going to say that one for now. That works. That works. <laughs> Go see The Blind Side, everybody. Um, favorite food? My favorite food is pasta. Any pasta? It's got noodles in it. You're in. Mm-hmm. Spicy? Not spicy? Mm, more towards not spicy. Not spicy. Yeah. Not spicy noodle combo. Nice. <laughs> uh, something you can't. You despise food. Go. Something, oh, peppers immediately like spicy peppers or green peppers peppers, red peppers any peppers if peppers have (laughs) anybody who's lived with me which is a good chunk of people on this team um will know that like if somebody's cooking peppers i can't even be in the house like i have to leave (laughs) like just the smell makes me sick i can't even if like if i order a dish or something and there's peppers in it and i tell them to leave it out and they don't i like can't eat it (laughs) like the second it's even like touched my food i'm like (laughs) <laughs> so you're talking like no. peppers like even uh green peppers on a philly kind of thing mm-hmm. any of it no amazing i can't do like fajitas can't do anything like that how did i not know that <laughs> that's that's sweet all right um give me any two this is the last one any two bucket list oh just kidding it's not the last two uh, but any two bucket list items that you have in your life that you want to accomplish or do um one is i want to visit all 50 states um got a lot of room to go on that (laughs) but um yeah that's definitely probably like the biggest thing on my bucket list i want to make sure that i get there and see things in every single state um and then (laughs) graduate get a job (laughs) those are pretty big all right and so this you led me to the last one you mentioned about mentioned it quickly but uh what are you going to graduate with when are you going to graduate what are you going to graduate with and what do you want to do with your life um yeah so I've played my four years. Um, I do have one more year of school remaining. Um, I'll graduate in May of 2023. Um, I'm currently going for psychology and math with a teaching emphasis. So my goal is to teach probably high school math. Um, And then I also want to keep coaching because I love doing that. And teaching obviously allows time for that as well. So ideally, yeah, once I graduate, I'll have a teaching job and then can hopefully kind of coach on top of that. All right. Did you hear that? Every uh, superintendent slash principal that's going to be in an interview panel with Ms. Becky, if you want somebody who's going to be a phenomenal teacher who cares about uh, the evolution of herself and her students who cares about trust and will win a state championship for you in volleyball, <laughs> uh, hire this woman. Sound good? <laughs> good talk. All right. Um, Becky, it was an absolute pleasure uh, chatting with you. Is there anything else that you want to add here before we, before we hang this one up? I think I'm, I think I'm good. <laughs> you, like you got it all? Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right? Yeah, sure.